going to jump in here to week one of four. We will have four weeks of this uh, because it's a short book of the Bible, but it's an important book of the Bible. And Hosea was a prophet, which really in the Bible, there's in the Old Testament, there are so many books of prophets. There's minor and major prophets. And the big difference between major and minor prophets is that uh, some books are shorter, they're minor prophets, and some books are longer, they're major prophets. So pretty hilarious that that's the only reason. Uh, obviously, the major prophets shared more, and so um, they had a bigger impact on on us as well. So Hosea was one of the prophets, but Hosea was a prophet who his name meant salvation and deliverance. And uh, I shared this with our bright mornings a few months back because we are going through the Old Testament five to 10 minutes per day with our bright ladies. And then we're almost ready to go into the New Testament. So we'll get through the Bible in less than a year. Um, but I talked about this and it hit me. And I, I said this and then I thought, okay, I'm going to remember this. Um, it hit me as I was reading the beginning of Hosea that Hosea was a man who had to be his own sermon. So we're going to pray, and I see um, more people jumping on, and a lot of you will watch this on the repeat, uh, but let's let's pray, and then I'm going to jump right into week one. So God, thank you for my friends who are part of this, those that will see this, hear this, listen to this on podcast. God, that um, wherever they're at, that this will resonate because that's what the Bible does. And we're so grateful for your word that's alive. And really, it's active. Uh, even when we're talking about a book of the Bible and someone in the Bible that is thousands of years ago and BC before Christ. So thank you that you will use this in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, Hosea was a man who had to be his own sermon. When I when I captured that thought, I had to be very aware that we all are people who have to be our own sermon. So although Hosea, you'll see the picture of him, it was larger than life. We are walking out. We're being our own sermon in our actions. So Hosea was a man that was told by God, you need to marry a woman of whoredom. Really? Like, a guy is told, I want you to go find someone who will cheat on you repeatedly. I don't know that there's a lot of men that that would be their, their choice, <clears throat> but he did. And um, he married a woman. She cheated on him constantly, but he would go get her. He would literally go get Gomer. And Gomer um, was the wife of Hortum. Gomer would go out and would cheat on him and... Hosea would go and find her and he would pull her from who she was with. He would find her and he would bring her back and he would bring her back to their marriage bed, to the place where they had a covenant. Then they had a, a male child and he also, he had a name that was terrible and um, what hid the meaning of his name because it was like Hosea was put on a path by God to walk out his own sermon that wasn't easy, but also it was to mirror the Holy Spirit's work and chasing after us. So there's a parallel in Hosea, Hosea that's so important. 
the fact that God would tell Hosea, go marry a woman of whoredom, is like the Holy Spirit is on assignment to chase after the heart and the soul of us who our eyes are wondering and our eyes are wanting what's more exciting, what feels more beneficial. Uh, we want to do what makes us feel happy in the moment. We're willing, and when I say we, I mean universally, we are willing to uh, have a momentary uh, time of happiness and excitement many times over doing what is right. Uh, we may be raising kids that we're just like, is that what's happening right now? We may be married to someone who it seems like anything that's just risky or is just on the fringe is just gray area, like is enticing and they enjoy that. We may find that um, the books we read, the shows we want to watch, like they just create this enticement in us. Like we may... Uh, we may have the desire to read certain books or to watch certain shows that just have an evil undertone, but we would say, well, they're not. They're just like, I like that kind of thing. I like uh, suspense. I love like the horror thing. I love something that's a little edgy. I kind of like the blood and gore. And, and what what the Holy Spirit does is he mirrors how Hosea would see his wife go off and chase the things that were ultimately not good for her, that left her feeling guilty, let her, left her feeling shameful, and he brought her back. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's like, oh, I got you. And so as God is blessing the children of Israel, which were the chosen people that started with Abraham and um, his sons, and as he was, he was blessing the children of Israel, they were as they're being blessed even, as they're being told, I'll bring you back to your to Jerusalem, they're just loving the life of the land they, they got exiled into. So basically think of it this way. You're living in a city. Suddenly you all have to disperse and get out of the city. Okay. And then, and it's not as far of a reach for us to think about being controlled and told what to do by city officials, by county officials, by the government, right? Like this is federal law. This is what you're going to do. So they were told, like we were told, stay in your home. They were told, they were taken out of their city. So let's say you're in your city, you get taken out of your city, you're in a foreign land, but you have someone telling you, listen, we'll bring you back to the land, just live this way. And it's live according to the Bible, live according to God. And the children of Israel, even though they had that promise and that blessing, as we have a promise of eternal life, of a more blessed life if we live under the covering of God, instead of us saying, okay, I'll live under the covering of God, and God will bless me in the future, we, like the children of Israel, want to go our own way, do our own thing. And so uh, the thing is, Israel lived in plenty. They lived in peace and prosperity. But there was just this itching to just be like all the other nations, the rest of the world, like everybody else. Like, well, I want to watch those movies because everybody else is. And, and I want to go and do that kind of thing on the weekend because, I mean, that's what people in my area do. And, and that's where Hosea lives out this life, this sermon that looks like the Holy Spirit. Uh, one thing I noticed that when you read the first chapter of Hosea is that it said that Gomer felt guilty. That's because, and she felt guilt when when Hosea would come and take her. 
she felt unworthy and the guilt was getting in the way, but it was natural to feel guilt. Now, what the what the enemy, what Satan would like to do is not just have us feel guilt, which guilt comes from doing wrong, right? Satan would like to put us in a state of shame because when he puts us in a state of shame, we feel like we're unable to climb out of that. So Hosea would find Gomer doing the cheating thing that she would do. She would feel guilty. Then she would feel unworthy and like, I can't go back to you, Hosea. Who am I to go back to you? And he'd be like, I'm taking you back. I know you feel guilty. Like, please stop doing this. I love you. I want you as my wife. The Holy Spirit is saying, please stop living that way. I want you. I love you. I want you as my child. I want to give you all the blessings that I've promised. Um, But we say to the Holy Spirit, oh, I just, I'm too shameful. I've gone too far. That's the enemy's lie that we've gone too far. And guilt says, stop doing what you're doing. That can come from God. Shame comes from the enemy. Don't ever say to a child or someone, shame on you. That is just abusive language. And shame is not of the Lord. God doesn't shame us. We don't. That is, that needs to go away from our vocabulary, but also away from our definition of what God brings upon us. When we've sinned and fallen short, as, as the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short, the enemy wants to say it's too far gone. That's shame. But instead, Homer or Hosea reminded Gomer, that's their like, you know, love name, Homer, I guess. Um, Gomer would would try to even play the victim to the point that it's just not worth it. Can you imagine that? I can imagine that. Or if it was a guy like, oh, I'm just damaged and, you know, you just are so good with your God thing and I'll never get there. And so these are the kind of things that comes from someone who is in sin and is trying to lean on shame or shame is overtaken. And and Hosea is like, no, like, I know you feel guilty, but I forgive you. I love you. I receive you back as my wife. Uh, and one way to point out the parallels in the church um, and the Holy Spirit and this book of the Bible is that God is coming back for his bride and he calls us his pure spotless bride. He's coming back for a bride like we're in a white wedding dress that has not messed up. Every time Hosea brought Gomer back, he was saying, I give you a fresh start. You are my beautiful bride. To me, you're white and pure as snow. What the heck? Who was this guy? Well, he sounds like the greatest husband ever. Uh, he was, but he also was <laughs> representing the Holy Spirit, which is perfection. And so the Holy Spirit and God saying, I'm going to take my bride, the church, who follows me to heaven, and they are my bride. Wow, like the power in that visual that he makes us white as snow. And how does he make us white as snow? And how can he do that before we ever have to go to heaven, get to go to heaven? He does it in every time we say we're sorry. Every time we repent, he wipes the slate clean. He has the ability to forget and he starts again. What Satan wants to do is have us shamed so that we cannot let go of the memories. And even though we've asked for forgiveness, we haven't forgiven ourselves. And, and we let this the enemy say to us, you are tattered. You are not white and pure. You are stained. You are a loser. You are wrecked. And you can never get that purity, that innocence. You can never get that back. And that's the voice of the enemy. But the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like Hosea, who says, I, I take you back. And he heaped his love on her. 
uh, she couldn't handle his love. And do you know, um, I we had a couple people in our family when I was growing up that my parents would bring in and love on them. And, and my parents went to church, they were Christians. And uh, so they would they would take in a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend of the family and they would just love on them, lavish them with love. And it was interesting how many of my siblings or, yeah, how many of myself and my siblings had friends just go from 100% in with our family and loving us to like rejecting us and stiff arming us. Like, I hate you. I can't handle it. I hate everything about you guys and your family. Uh, this happened with my, my sister's boyfriend who became her husband, um, not summer or not season, but summer, my sister, uh, he had been rejected by his mom at birth. He had been abused by his dad growing up. He had been on his own since like 16, working his own job, paying for an apartment. No one had ever loved him who should love him. And even the people who weren't his family that would take him in, there would be a a problem. They'd reject him. So when we didn't reject him, it was like he wanted to crawl out of his skin after a while. Like, this isn't normal, and I better reject them before I get rejected. And he would sabotage the love. Do you know people in your life like this? Uh, I've seen this happen with our own kids' friends. We've had friends of our children who we've brought them in. We've taken them to church on Mother's Day. We've taken them to lunch on their birthday. We've taken them in for holidays. We've set, We've taken them on vacation and in one instance, after it's getting almost too good for them, it's like they ghost us and they reject it. And, and some of it is, I think, the difference between like our home and going back to a home of abuse, it, it makes too much of a contrast and they can't, they have to sabotage it before they feel like they lose it and it wasn't on their terms. And so that's what, what Gomer kept trying to do. And we often do, and people we know often do is like, you know what, before I feel like God gives up on me, I'm going to give up on him. But here's the deal. Just like Hosea never gave up on his wife, never did. The Holy Spirit will never give up on us. Uh, and and there's a book called uh, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. Now, I want to give a, a disclaimer or an asterisk on this recommendation. It is it comes across, it is a novel this thick. And it very much, I mean, I haven't read romance novels, but I'm assuming I've heard, I think that it's similar to that vein, right? Um, I think she went the route of a romance novel because I mean, literally Hosea would find her cheating on him. It was sexual and then bring her back to his marriage bed. Again, an intimate thing. So this, this reads like a romance novel, but of course it's not a romance novel like a lot of people get addicted to. I want to give a disclaimer because I think that romance novels are the um, the soft porn or the porn addiction version a lot of times for women. And so if it's something that you're like, oh, I used to read them a lot and I gave it up, this might not be something to open that door, to open that Pandora's box. Uh, so I just want to say that it, because it is, it makes, it pulls you in one, you're like, I want Hosea to be my husband. Like he was the man. He was, according to this book, he was hot, which the Bible doesn't say he was ripped. But according to this book, he was hot and it was hot love between these two. And he kept taking Gomer back. So as much as this is a Christian author, Francine Rivers, you know, great author, won so many awards for it. I want you to be cautious in your reading it if that's 
ever been, or you feel like that could be a struggle. I don't want the enemy to use it. At the same time, I mean, it will open your eye to how much the, if you're knowing the Holy Spirit's paralleled here, how much the Holy Spirit will take you back. Um, I'm going to end with today on on this one thought, and then we'll do part two next week at noon on my Facebook page again. But on this one thought, uh, the Holy Spirit is three in one. And I think there is confusion about, you know, what's the Trinity, the three in one. Maybe you were raised in a religion uh, or no religion that you're just confused about that. Or maybe you saw religions or churches where the Holy Spirit it got kind of kooky and crazy. And let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. Some people are weird. Some people have made the Holy Spirit weird, okay? Some people in some churches have made God this mean mean deity that feels like he's sitting up in heaven with a hammer ready to hit us over the head. Some religions and churches and people have made Jesus sound like he's a pushover and like he didn't say, um, stand up for yourself. And I, I wasn't going to go into this, but I think it's important. I wrote this in my Jesus Plus Life book, and I've done this at retreats, but this bears repeating. When Jesus said, turn the other cheek, he wasn't saying be a doormat. He was saying that when the Roman guards backhand you, turn the cheek, which is the cheek that when they are Roman fighting Roman and they they punch, they they fight like men, He's saying, if they slap you like a slave, a backhand, you turn the other cheek and you make them come at you like a man, Roman to Roman, man to man, human to human, not slave to slave master. So Jesus was not saying, go be a doormat. He was saying, you stand up for yourself and for what is right and for truth. And so they're just like the Holy Spirit's been made weird by some, Jesus has been made to look like a pansy with feathered hair by some, and God's been made to look like the hammer. Okay, but instead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is a good, good Father. He is the one who's who's over all and is the creator, but one and the same is His Son who became Him in the flesh, and Jesus is our example. And then the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our counselor, and that doesn't just mean gives us good vibes and takes us back like Hosea, but is also our counselor, is the one to say, uh, should you do that? He's the one to tug on our neck and say, I, 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 you know better, Sonny. You know not to do that. So the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, when we have a healthy view of the three in one, then when we're reading Hosea and when we're reading the rest of the Bible, when we're praying to God and then the next day we're praying to the Holy Spirit, we know we're really praying to all of them. They just have different characteristics. Some people have hated on the book, The Shack. I think the book and the movie, The Shack, is beautiful. Know that a theologian didn't write it, didn't create the movie, but the picture that it, I mean, we often we only have a picture in our mind. We can't like see something physical to help us understand the characteristics of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think the Shack did a really good job. And um, not once did, did the author, he got attacked hardcore. Um, but not once did he say, this is how you get to heaven and I am a theologian. He said, I wrote this for my kids. It really spoke to them. Think of it like uh, a little bit like Dr. Seuss, a little like Lord of the Rings, uh, which has a Christian author, where it's this fictional 
interpretation of just giving us a picture of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think it's important that as we're reading and learning through the this study for four weeks, that we have a correct picture of the Holy Spirit. So next week, I'm going to talk about Holy the Holy Spirit coming in and indwelling in us. Is that at salvation when we ask Jesus into our heart? Or does that only come through a baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? So that's why we're going to go into the Holy Spirit in this. Plus, I love that we're in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit is represented in the Old Testament. He didn't just come and appear on the day of Pentecost in Acts, that many of us have been taught that the Holy Spirit, Jesus God, is woven throughout Genesis to Revelation. And uh, so I wanted to start with that. And next week, we'll really jump into when is the Holy Spirit in me? And uh, can the Holy Spirit be lifted? Remember I said in this, I said, the Holy Spirit will never give up. But there is a point where the Holy Spirit will lift himself from you. And that is a dark day to get to, but it is, it can happen. Um, and, and it will happen to people. And I will tell you how that happens in the next study. Uh, but I can tell you when your heart is repentant, he never has a limit on forgiveness Um there's never a limit on forgiveness, but we'll talk next week about that. If there's any questions, I would love to address those right now. Uh, I see Brenda said, thank you for addressing romance novels. You're welcome. I feel like that's kind of that under the radar thing that we don't talk about, but I think that that's an addiction for women. Um, for some women, just like men can be addicted to porn in a different way. Uh, thank you, Lisa, you're sweet. Hurting people hurt people. Oh my gosh. Like when we're talking about people sabotaging relationships, a lot of times people, they'll have a record of their, they go to that job, to that job, to that job, or they've been at that church after that church after that church. And you're like, what's the deal? Well, the common denominator, if that's them, they may be leaving that job or leaving that church before they feel like they got kicked out or they got removed or they got fired because they just know from their past hurt, from their past trauma, in their mind, they just know they're about to be uh, denied. They're about to be hurt. And so they will hurt before they can be hurt. So you're so right. You're so right. Hurt people hurt people. Okay. I was going to see if there's any questions. I don't think so. I sure love you guys and appreciate you being on here. If you missed some of it because you just got on, I, I went short and you can go back and watch this in its entirety. I talked about my family. I talked about um, my, my family and my siblings. And I talked about just the Holy Spirit work, his work in our life. And he just never quits chasing. So I love you guys and we'll see you next Thursday.